Thirty years ago, Young Living was in its infancy, and many of the blends you love now were only dreams. There are just a few people with us today that remember those times of formulation and struggle, and one of them is here to tell his story. We're going to crack open a time capsule of memories with a man that has dedicated 30 years to the purpose of Young Living. Hello and welcome to Young Living's podcast, The Wild Drop. My name is Jacob Young, your host. Young Living is the world leader in producing and distributing premium essential oils, and this podcast will provide you with drops of information about Young Living, including stories, history, product information, lots of little fun facts, and even more. Not for the first time and not for the last, we have Rex Kidman on the podcast today. And it's a very special day for Rex Kidman, because just recently, Rex Kidman celebrated his 30th anniversary with Young Living. Uh, and he also informed me that here shortly he'll be celebrating 40 years with his one love, his wife. And so this is a truly amazing and great time uh, to celebrate Mr. Rex Kidman. And so though there are many of you that are new to this podcast, and because of that, we would like Rex to introduce himself once again, who he is, where he comes from, where he started in the world of young living, and what he does now and why he chose to stay with us for 30 years and hopefully for many, many more. <laughs> I guess I'll just start at the, be- at the beginning. Um, we, have, we have three boys. The youngest is just turned 30, and the oldest one is almost 40. So that makes me about 45, for those of you that are terrible with math. No, just kidding. Um, I just actually recently had, in December, had my birthday, which for 62. But the reason why I say 45 is I can still shoot a gun. I can still do push-ups. I can still hike in the mountains. Um, I can still snowmobile. I can still do the things that make me feel young. And so in my mind, I feel like that 45 is a good place to stay. I think it's a great place to stay. <laughs> Even though when I'm riding my four-wheeler, at the end of the day, I not only not feel like I'm 62, I feel like I'm 162. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, getting back to how all this began, I was in my early 30s, and I just recently graduated from Utah State with a bachelor's degree in business information systems, which for those of you that don't know that, that fancy term is basically the, the business side of computers on the application side. And the, the first manager that I had was a really good manager really good guy. Well, the second manager, um, not so much. And we, we butted heads a lot, a lot. And so I remember having a conversation with my wife one night and I was not happy with where I was at. And, and she just out of nowhere, she says, well, if you don't like your job, quit. And so one evening, because I was working in the swing shift, one evening I came home about 9 o'clock, walked through the door, and she said, 
um, you don't normally get home till like 1 o'clock in the morning. What's going on? And I said, remember when you said that if I didn't like my job, I could quit? And she goes, you do know I was just joking, don't you? <laughs> and I thought, well, I knew I had to find a job. Just and you had two young children and a family, and you just had no choice. And uh, so I thought, well, the quickest chance I have is to sign up with a temporary agency, job agency. There's a company in Riverton that is looking for a computer specialist, and so we're sending you to them. Fair enough. So that was when I walked in the door. I had didn't even know what Young Living Essential Oils was. And I was sitting up in the front office. I was taking orders and doing computer stuff. And I was just – and just my first – Initial introduction to Gary Young was, okay, he reminded me a lot of my father. Just the way that he acted, the way he treated people, the way he, he was very one-on-one. He was very, you know, he wanted to see the whites of the eyes. He wanted to shake your hand. He just wanted to talk to you, to get to know you. And then... One day, about six months into it, he pulled pulled me into his office. Which, for those of you that have had the experience of being pulled into Gary Young's office, it's, it's you never know what's going to happen. It's a lot of mixed emotions that can happen all at once. Yes, he says. I think you bit off more than you can chew, and he says, I think you're in the wrong place to be honest with you. He says, I know that I want to keep you as an employee. I just don't know where I want to put you. So he says, just keep on doing what you do, and we'll figure it out. Well, about two weeks later, he walked up to me, tapped me on the shoulder, and said, follow me. We walked back into the lab. We didn't go into a lot of conversation or anything. He took me back there and he says, and and I'd never even, I'd seen the shipping area, but the lab was off limits unless she worked back there. You know, I was just kind of blown away and overwhelmed by and it was just in the in the in the front part of it. As you, as you went through the back part, that was where all the oils were, and in there the the core bottles and the gallon bottles. And he says, "I would like to like you to make joy for me." And so he hands me the formula for it, and tells me how he wants it done. I won't go into that because proprietary confidential information. And I like my paycheck. <laughs> this is why we love you, Rex. You're good at keeping secrets. And so as I was getting ready to make it, I just 
I kept on going over and over and over the set of instructions. And finally, that voice in the back of my head said, you can do this all day long, but if you never start, you're never going to finish. And so I thought, okay. I said, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, I said, my luck, I'll, something will happen, and I'll mess it up, and that'll be the end of it. And I was, to say that I was nervous, you would not want to check my pulse at this point in time, or, or that you would have called the ambulance, I swear. I was just in a mess. As I began to make joy, Sorry, after 30 years, it's still hard to tell the story. But after I hit about the third or fourth oil, I noticed something was happening. Number one, I felt that I was starting to relax, which allowed me to start actually consciously smell the oils. And I realized they smelled pretty darn good. (laughs) And as I continued going through the process, I got about three-quarters of the way through, and I noticed that as I began to pour the oils in one at a time. I really enjoyed the smell of them. And the natural response to that was I wanted close up and personal. And so as I would take off the lid, just, just an instinct. By the time I finished with the blend and One of the principles that Gary taught all all the years that he was alive was that one of the one of the beauties of a blend is that the 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 sum is greater than the, the the individual parts. There's a point in the blend where the single oils turn into a blend. And the only word that comes to my mind at that part of the process is magical. And whenever that happens... It still, to this day, brings tears to my eyes. Well, that was my first introduction to, number one, essential oils. That was my first introduction to joy. That was my first introduction to just young living as a whole. Probably over the next almost a year, I saw and worked with Gary literally 
on a daily basis. Sometimes it was several times a day because um, I had to learn how to do the massage, the 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 massage rolls. I had to learn how to do the shampoos. I had to learn how to do the tinctures. Had to learn how to do the the conditioners, and even though a lot of that stuff nowadays is done outside of the warehouse, in those days, it was all in five-gallon buckets. And we mixed those five-gallon buckets with a drill and with a paddle that you, that you, don't, that you mix bread with. Um, and... During that first year, all of the five and fifteen mil bottles um, were poured and measured and capped and labeled personally by hand. And Jacob will get a kick out of this, but there was more than one day during that time where his grandma Larue would come into the lab and she just wanted to help. Every day that she was on site, especially after we first met, we just became instant friends. And uh, she would always she would always come in, and her her whole face would just light up. And she would come up, and she would give me a great big hug. And she would always she would always and she'd be like, "May I join you today?" And I says, you know, I says, I would love to have your company. And I have such fond memories and such fun memories. In the first two years, the training was massive, just absolutely massive. But as the training went over the years, it went down and down and smaller and smaller and smaller. But we, we still had our own language. And sometimes when people would be around us and we would, we would, you know, I'd, I, would, I would just ask small questions and people would just kind of look at me and be like, what are you talking about? And be like, never mind, Gary understands. And he, would, he wouldn't say, say anything. He would just smile and, and, and Yachty's, you know, and I would say, is it like this? And he'd Yachty's head and he'd be like, you know, and I'd be like, never mind, you know, this is between Gary and I, no, nobody else. And the way that he, the way that he, he would, that the he would teach, the way that he would train, the way that he would, he was so passionate about what he did. But he also understood, at least that's the impression that I got, was that he understood where I was at. Experience-wise, I was here, and he was like 10 miles above the earth. <laughs> but yet, never once, never once in 25 years did he make me feel that I was down here. Well, there was actually another story, and I don't, you may have heard this before or not, but I'll share it with you for, for your benefit. It was probably, you were probably about two and a half. And 
someday when you have children, um, you'll understand when you have a two-year-old, their favorite thing to do when they're being held by their father is to pull their ears and pull their nose and pull their lips and just, you know, and if you have hair, you know, it makes it even more fun because they're just, you know, it's like they're in Disneyland, but they're, they're, their dad's right in their face. And your dad was giving a presentation and he was holding you. And you were doing all of those things. I remember it so well because I was in the audience that day. And I kept on waiting for your dad to call for your mom and hand you off so that he could finish his presentation. He gave the whole presentation. Never once, you know, pulled you away from pulling on his ears or from his nose, you know, and you was just having the time of your life. And I sat there and watched this. And the thing, you know, and I was a father at the time too, and the thing that kept on going through my mind is, here's an owner of a business. Here's an individual that's extremely successful in his life. But the only thing he cares about was he was not, he was holding tight to his son, who was obviously, he could, you could tell that he, that, that he loved you. And it was just, and I thought, Putting putting everything else aside, all I saw was a proud father. And he got an incredible, he got a standing elevation, not only from the group, but, you know, from me as well. And I just thought, I thought, all those years that I was in there with Gary when we would be in the lab together, that same feeling, that same spirit was always there. And that's putting all of it, putting all of it aside. I'm just grateful that Gary trusted me enough and saw something in me that he considered worthy of that honor. I know for a fact that he definitely saw your dedication and your passion and your loyalty. And there are many times where my dad was able to shake a person's hand, and you know this very well, and, and tell you exactly who they were as a person. And I know for a fact that my dad has probably shared this with you, but maybe you haven't heard it, but he said those exact words about you many times, especially when we celebrated your 20th anniversary in the old building your dedication, your passion, and your loyalty. Um, not just the loyalty to the company, but the loyalty to your craft, to your family, to your success, and to your excellence in all that you do. 
you're a perfectionist in, in so many different ways and you don't settle for, oh, it's good enough. The amount of revisions that you make on a blend to make sure that it is perfectly crafted as a master formulator would was something that my dad truly appreciated most about you. And my dad was someone that didn't settle for, oh, it's good enough. He settled for the best. And that's exactly what you do as well. And I, I, I appreciate you sharing what my dad shared with you so we can keep going on and keep moving forward with formulation and blending and everything that we do here. Because to many, they don't understand the true science and the true craftsmanship of what blending a blend actually is. And the next time that we have you on, we'll have to share the story of why blends are made the way that they are. Because just kind of to give you a little teaser of what to expect for the next episode when we bring Rex back on, and I'd love Rex to share the story on the next podcast, was when Young Living started to get bigger, more people started to join the research and development team. And one gentleman was very frustrated by the organization and the steps steps of process of how blends were made. And he was most frustrated that these steps that my dad had written out to make a blend were, in a way, not very, <laughs> very good when it came to time. Uh, they took too long. It wasn't efficient in his mind. And so Rex wanted to kind of show him why it has to be blended the way that it's blended. Um, so you'll have to tune in for the next podcast when we bring Rex back to understand why our blends are made the way that they are and why they can't be replicated. Well, one comment that I would just like to to share that, that Gary told me, um, and it and it continues even today. Um, he said, bottom line, he says, whether it's a blend that you do or whether it's a twig that you do for me, he says, be proud of your work. And he says, if it, if it's not right, he says, y you know, you'll know. And he says, fix it. And he says, don't bring it up to me until you can walk out of that door. Because every time, the first thing that Gary would ask me is, are you happy with it? Are, are you proud of it? And he says, if you can't answer that yes... Then he says, I don't want to see your face. He says, not in a bad way, but he says, and every blend that I've done since Gary has passed, there's been one common denominator. And in, in the beginning, it was frustrating to me because I didn't know and I didn't understand and Gary's still a great teacher. I will say that. Um, We're still learning lots from him. Yes. And one thing that I had learned is every blend that I have been involved in, there, there's, a, there's a point, and I always hit a plateau. 
Well, for a formulator, that's a frustrating time. It happened to Gary. And I would always, and what I what I had to learn was that as I tried to force the answer, it was it was just outside of my grasp, and it was just so frustrating. And so, what I had to what I had to just basically learn is when I get to a point where I would hit the plateau, I would just I would stop, and I would start working on something else, and just kind of put it on the back burner. And I'd be sometimes it happens when I'm driving to work. Sometimes I'm in the shower. Sometimes it's the middle of the night. Sometimes you know, but it, I'm always doing something else, and my mind is not focused on this. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere. An oil will pop into my head. There is one last thing I would like to say. Please. And this is not my words. This is coming from Gary. He made the blends, my friends, for you, for all of us. And when they sit on the shelf with a cap on What's the fun of that? Um, yes, there are some some uh, treasures that we have, and, and I have a few of those myself. But Gary shared time and time and time, it was his loving plead to everybody, if you haven't smelled abundance, if you haven't smelled... Uh, Shootron, if you haven't smelled clarity, the list goes on and on and on and on. There's over 150 blends. One of the joys that we have in this business is sharing with people. You can't share your love for abundance if you've never opened a bottle of abundance. Just pure and simple. Abundance and Shootron are... Two of my personal favorites, I, I call them, uh, you know, I wear them when, interchangeably when I go out with a date with my wife. Um, I love the smell of abundance. I love the smell of Shootron. Um, but Gary made those blends. He wanted them to bless your lives. He wanted them to... Give you a reason to get out of bed in the morning, to go and just enjoy life, as he put it, and to live life to the fullest, which there's no better example that I know of than living life to the fullest than, than Gary Young. So if, if, if there's a blend that you haven't used, if there's a blend that you haven't smelled, order it. Put it in your portfolio. You know, enjoy it every day. That's why he made the blends. That's why I continue to make the blends. That's why Jacob makes the blends, uh, the Jacob and Kate line. And when I say that, I go back 30 years to Joy. Joy was introduced me to a world that I didn't know anything about. 
But the greatest blessing of joy in my life was it touched my heart. And it made me realize they're not just a liquid. But foundationally, God created those plants. And he created them for our use and for our benefit. The oils are just a direct result of the harvesting and the distillation of that. And so we're literally getting an indirect, direct result of what God intended us to have. How much – you can't ask for anything better than that. So, you know, thank you, Gary. God bless you. You know, rest in peace. Um, but for the rest of us that are here to continue to honor and celebrate, you know, what he left, I will say face-to-face to you, Jacob, and to your family, um, as long as you guys fight, I will be right beside you fighting. So I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> we appreciate that, Rex, and we'll continue to fight the fight. <laughs> Because we're in the business of helping people, and we do what we do because we love what we do. And I certainly wouldn't change it for anything else. So I I found my purpose, and I found my why. Same as you, and same as everybody else here. And truly appreciate your time. And like I've said before, just your your passion, your dedication, um, and just, I think, just your empathy with everything that you do as well. And so... um, this is great and very exciting and super happy that we're able to save a lot of stories so we can share them for next time. So till next time, thank you all so much for tuning in and thank you Rex for all that you've done and for 30 years and to 30 more we go. It's, it's an honor. Thank you, Jacob, for having me. And thank you for tuning into this episode of the wild drop. Remember, you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, on YouTube, and our website at www.youngliving.com. Don't forget to oil up Young Living family. This is Jacob Young, dropping out. Take care.